Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. Coming to the end of January, while reviewing the end of the month bank statements, you realize that your New Year resolutions has once again failed to launch. With overwhelming credit card bills brought from the past holiday season, along with the housing payment due in just few days, you thought to yourself, "How do I get out this vicious cycle? Why can't I budget successfully for the future?" Welcome. To episode eighteen, three key questions to ask yourself about financial budgeting: a simple guide to bring you back on track of your financial plan. First, I want to let all the listeners know that we have officially crossed the two thousand download milestone over the weekend. It's amazing that we seem to just celebrate our fifteen hundred downloads few episode ago. Thank you all very much for your continued support and encouragement. I'm very thrilled to find that our listeners have found value in my podcast, and this is my promise to keep continue to improve my content in this new year of 2020. Now, over the weekend, I have learned a devastating news about the passing of basketball legend Kobe Bryant. Many of the listeners may know that I came from Los Angeles. And have been a Lakers fan since that I know basketball. Through watching Kobe and his utmost work ethic, passion for the game, and the mentality of give everything you got, has inspired me throughout all my career. Kobe has not just won the respect from his team, but every single player who have competed with him. He's well loved by the city of Angel, and the love extends so much farther to the rest of the world. All of us who are grinding in our daily life and facing challenges could always count on Kobe to do what he do best every day, regardless of the challenges, injuries, and team chemistry. Right at seven o'clock in Staples Center, this is a dedication. This is what doing what you love feels like and look like. So I really want to thank Kobe to be the beacon of hope and inspirations, on guiding me. And how I shape my professional life. Now, my best wishes and prayers go to his wife Vanessa, 
and his daughters Natalia, Capri, and Bianca. For anyone who wants to really do something in the names of Kobe Bryant and to honor his legacy, I urge you to go visit kvbff.org, Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Family Foundations, a foundation that's dedicated in improving the lives of youth and families that are in need. A foundation set by Kobe Bryant and his family to bring this world into a better place. At last, before we start the episode with some of the most positive and inspiring story, I would like to say, rest in peace, Kobe and Gigi. Today, our positive news is brought to you by CNN, The Good Stuff, written by Mallory Hughes. The headline is, A Terminally Ill Rescue Dog Become a Police Canine for a Day. Police in Pasco, Washington, turned a rescue pup with an inoperable tumor into a dashing police canine. The dog, Eddie, was abandoned and spent almost a month wandering in a nearby Benton city before he was rescued. Curry Brown, the Benton County Animal Control Officer who caught Eddie, told CNN Sister Network, HLN, they had initially received a call about him in October of 2019, but they were unable to capture the pooch. They finally caught him in late November. We thought we had been hit by a car, she said on Wednesday. We rushed him to the vet and we discovered that he, unfortunately, had a cancer. Authorities then reached out to their rescue partners, Mikey's Chance Canine Rescue and Brown's friend. Christy Kessler agreed to become Eddie's foster mom for life. The inoperable tumor caused Eddie to be blind in one eye, and he was given 6 to 12 months to live. He's just the best dog, so friendly, so well-behaved. He knows all of his commands. He's just the sweetest thing, Brown said. He deserves 6 months to a year of all the love and happiness that we can give him. Kessler created a bucket list which included becoming a police canine to make sure the dog she lovely calls Eddie the Spaghetti will have the most memorable final month as possible. I thought maybe he may get his picture taken with an officer in the car. I thought maybe he would be lucky. He might go for a car ride. But I never dreamed that it would be this big for him, Kessler told CNN. Eddie got a custom-made uniform with real police patches and was sworn in as a police canine. Before spending the day on patrol, promising to apprehend bad guys, search out narcotic, and pull people in jail, we believe in helping people that also means helping animals in our community. So we all come together as a family and all fighting along the side of Eddie, Pasco Police Detective Julie Lee told KEPR. Officer Lee and others took Eddie to several locations around the town. His first official call was to a local auto shop for a service to pick up property, where he received a gift basket with treats, food, and toys to take home. They even donated it to his veterinarian bills. One stop, of course, was a local donut shop, because Eddie wouldn't be a real police officer without some coffee and donuts, right? He's just such a lover. You would never suspect that he was abused or neglected, Detective Lee said. Eddie's bucket list doesn't stop there. Some community members offered to check other items off his list, such as pictures with Centaur and the pool filled with stuffed animals, CNN reported. 
Kessler still hopes he can ride in a motorcycle sidecar and be the star of a kissing booth adoption event. These people who have really stepped up and said we want to make a difference in this dog's life, it meant the world to know that people still do care, Kessler told KAPP. Having them and being able to be part of their lives and make differences like Eddie, to bring this joy to him, no matter how short the time, it is what we have hold on to. Officer Brown told LHM she was jolted by outpouring of support for Eddie in his final days. It's amazing in this little tiny community that so many people have said, you know, he's worth it. He's worth the chance, she said. Brown hopes that in the future, when people see other animals like this, they're willing to step up and keep them safe. And there are good news for Eddie's bucket list, that the item to ride in the motorcycle sidecar, Brown has a friend who actually owns one. So here at Life Plus Up, Eddie, we thank you for keeping our streets safe and bring joy to all the people around you and really be an inspiration. So let this be a reminder. Next time when you see an animal that's in need, it can be the next Eddie. Now, let's go ahead and take a short break and hear what our sponsor has to say. Welcome back. Now, let me ask, what is budgeting? By definition, budgeting is an estimate of income and expenses over a specific period of time. In plain English, budgeting will be how you manage your income and expenses to achieve your goals. So, how do you budget for success? How do you plan for upcoming expenses or even make an investment? How do you even get out of your vicious cycle of being staggered financially? As a life coach for over 15 years, I dedicated myself to help others to achieve success in personal, financial, and career. These core components of life are firmly tied together. One cannot be successful without the support from the other two. Being successful financially will support you to achieve your aspiration in life and provide resources to invest in your own career. Throughout my career in coaching, I have been given countless financial budget workshops to a variety of audience from different age groups and professions. Together with the participants, I built a simple three key questions to ask yourself to help you to take control back in your financial planning. Now, let me ask the first question, where is the money going? Most people have a broad idea where their money goes, but hardly grasp the accumulation of expenses that really detour them from their goals. Sometimes it is the little things that we are careless that make the biggest hole in our budget plan. To determine where you stand currently, I have composed a series of questions to assess your key financial habits. For the following exercise, please prepare a pen for note-taking. As I read off the following questions, I want you to answer in one of the three ways. Always, sometimes, or never. If you want to just keep it simple, you can just put down A, S, or N. Remember, always, sometimes, or never. This is a test for yourself. So only you know the answers. You don't have to cheat or fake it for other people to see. Now, the first question. I keep a monthly written plan that addresses my income and spending. Is it always, 
sometimes, or never. Question number two. I track my ongoing spending to make sure I stick with my written plan. Always, sometimes, or never. Three, I set aside at least 10% of my income to cover my living expenses for three to six months if I ever lose my job. Always, sometimes, or never. Four, I pay off my credit card balances each month. Always, sometimes, or never. Number five, I save for periodic expenses such as car registration, insurance, gifts, or even family vacations. Always, sometimes, or never. Number six, I place money into my retirement account with each paycheck. Is it A, S, or N? Last question, I review my credit report at least once a year. Always, sometimes, or never. Now, look at your result. How do you do? Was the result surprising to you? Most people will find themselves marked never or sometimes far more than always. Are your results reflecting that maybe a change of habit is needed? Identifying the key financial habits is just a first step. Let's dive into your daily practice as well. Are you a person who cannot wake up unless you get your favorite coffee from the local Starbucks? Or do you have a habit of buying a $2 lottery ticket every other day? Here's a math quiz for you. How much do you spend annually if you buy a cup of $4 coffee five days a week? Psst. The answer is $1,040 if you have not taken your cell phone out for calculations. Now, another question. How much did you invest in a lottery ticket that gives you 1 out of 302.6 million chances to win if you actually buy $2 lottery ticket every other day? The answer is actually $312. So, if I say you can go back in time and discover right at Christmas Day that there is $1,040 or $312 laying under your pillow, wouldn't that be a really nice surprise? So from those examples, you can see these little expenses seem harmless at the moment, but you may be really surprised how these little expenses can add up. The best way to see how much your small daily harmless habits impact your overall financial health is to use an accounting journal. If you own a company, you will mark every expense into your ledger just to make sure you are spending your money correctly, right? But you are your most important business. So wouldn't it be really wise to keep an accounting journal of yourself? So that's the first key question you ask yourself. Where is the money going? Now, let's go ahead and move on to question number two. The second key question to ask yourself is how to create your saving and spending plan. Setting up a saving and spending plan is like writing your very own story to achieve your financial goal. Like any writer will tell you, a successful story takes planning, tracking, and constant adjusting as life happens. To simplify what a saving and spending plan is, it's really just a list of all the money that's coming in, which is your income, and all the money that's going out, your expenses. 
Now, let's review some of the fundamentals about your plan. Income, that means all the money that is consistently coming in. The keyword is consistent. Your typical income will be your salary, cash flow from your business, maybe payments from the loan that you lend to your friends, or even a legal judgment, along with your allowance from your spouse or parents. But what is not an income? The occasion $5 from your grandma, the money that you found in your old jeans when you're looking to wash them after many, many months, or even a $2 winning lottery ticket after you miss out 100 times in a row. Knowing what is coming in is generally easier than really see what's going out. Expenses or outcome typically are categorized by fixed expense, variable expense, periodic expense, debt, and savings. Yes, savings. Fixed expenses are any expense that remain constant from month after month. Your rent or mortgage payments, cable bill, car payment, or the monthly allowance that you have negotiated with your kids. Variable expenses are any expenses that may vary from month after month, like your electricity bill, your gas bill, even your cell phone bill if you start seeing your kids going crazy on the data roaming. Depending on the plans, you may also have to include the cost of medication, groceries, or MBA 2K or your Fortnite V-Bucks. So what's a periodic expense? Those are expenses that come from time to time throughout the year, such like your insurance payment, car registration, Christmas gift, or the Yankee season tickets if you live in New York. Now, debts are liabilities that you are paying down on a monthly basis. People often confuse them as a fixed expense, but in reality, your debt like credit cards may fluctuate throughout the year depending if you have a promotional interest rate or you've been using it during your summer vacation. Now, savings. Savings is considered as an expense as you're taking part of your income to set aside for future goals. Honestly, one of the most important habits is to always consider your saving as an expense that is on the very top of your priority list. Remember, before anyone should get paid, you should pay yourself first, right? Saving typically fall into three different types. One, save for emergency. Two, save for periodic expenses. Three, save for your goals. Save for emergency. We heard that all the time, but how much is the right amount? Everyone is different. Most financial experts will agree with me that three to six months of your income is a very good start. Such amount is not something that you can really accomplish in a short time. However, if you set a goal and divide over three to five years, then the emergency goal for three to six months will not sound so scary as it initially did. Keep in mind, you should always focus on emergency fund before any other financial goals. Number two, save for periodic expenses. Periodic expenses are often the trickiest. Since the periodic expenses do not appear on a monthly basis, you really have to plan them way ahead. If you know your $350 car registration is coming up in just four or five months, instead of paying it all at that time and have your monthly income being significantly impacted, wouldn't it be smarter just to start spreading them from now till five months later, which was much easier to put away 
they save 50 bucks away on a monthly basis, right? Now, save for your goals. It's as simple as it sounds, but it can be quite complicated if you don't follow the SMART goal setting method. If you want to learn more about how to set a SMART goal, S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely, you can definitely go visit my previous episode. Wait, are you setting the correct goals? In that episode, I go in detail on how to go ahead and set the correct goals for yourself. Once again, I recommend that you should always make your emergency fund as number one goal before any others. And there are short-term and long-term goals to think about. Short-term goals are the goals that you are aiming to achieve within a year, such as your periodic expenses, family vacations, or the newest LeBron James Nike 17. These goals are typically accomplished by just reducing your expenses or put away money aside that has really no interest or minimum interest on that account. If you're familiar with technologies, there are many apps out there that will help you in building to your short-term goals. One of my favorite apps to help you save is Digit. With Digit, you'll be able to set up a goal and let an AI to help you allocate a portion of your money depending on your saving habit. Sometimes you'll be amazed on how fast your saving grows when you're actually not even expecting. Another app that I will recommend is Sift Wallet. This app provides a side-by-side comparison of all the benefits of your credit cards with the competitors, so you can find the best cashback rewards or reward program. Sift will also track all your purchases and alert you when there's a price reduction to perform, so you can get some cash back. Remember, every penny saved is every penny earned. Now, long-term goals, on the other hand, are kind of hard to achieve on your own. These goals require a much more significant sum and really take a longer time frame. Goals such as education, home purchasing, and retirement are just one of the typical examples of long-term goals. These goals can be accomplished by saving through various investment methods and employer sponsorship programs. The main types of investment methods are really just stock, bonds, and mutual fund. Stock is a part of the share of a company. If the company value goes up, your shares of the stock increases. Vice versa, if the company value decreases, the value of your stock also goes down with it. The advantage of investing in stocks, including a higher potential return over the time the most savings account can offer by the banks, and historically outpace the inflation. Imagine if you help Steve Jobs starting Apple by providing 50% of the startup fund at that time and own half the company while he's still in the garage. You would not be listening to my podcast at this time, right? Now, bonds are loans that you lend to companies or even government. It's like the IOU that IRS was giving at once, but with interest to get the face value at maturity. In basic terms, you lend money to your friend Billy to start his business. You don't want to be the owner of the business, but you have the confidence that he will pay you back on top of the interest that he agrees to when his business take off. And that's a bond. Now, a mutual fund is a pool of money invested in combinations of stocks and bonds managed by a professional. Each fund is managed toward a particular objective or goal. In basic analogy, you're not sure what cereal is best for your family, so you decide to buy a variety of packs that consist of different flavors and brands and just focus on a certain health goal. 
later on, you will find out which one your kids like to eat that you can focus on that. Now, employer-sponsored retirement plan is a benefit offered by employers for their employees. Like 401k or 403b for anyone who works for school or tax-exempt organizations. These plans are very useful in building toward long-term retirement goals. Your contribution to the plans are pre-tax, which will be a minimum impact to your paycheck. These plans also are tax-deferred, which means that you actually are able to make additional interest on top of the tax that was supposed to be paid out. Aside from the tax benefits, most employers out there generally offer you a match toward your contribution up to a specific limit which means that you're pretty much getting 100% within that limit. Everyone likes 100% return on investment, right? So, as we have reviewed different categories of income expenses, let's put a plan together. There are many resources that can help you to set up your own plan. It can be as easy as using a traditional budget worksheet from consumer.gov. For any listeners who are comfortable using technologies, there are many applications to help you to do just that. One of the most popular budgeting apps is Mint. It's free, and it also categorizes your expenses automatically and really compatible with other applications like QuickBooks and TurboTax. Remember, you are in full control of the plan, so you should always choose whatever style that is the best for you. Now, after you have recorded all your spending in the right categories, Let's start to record them and see if you end up with a deficit or surplus. If you have a deficit, then you know you need to adjust your plan by either increase your income or decrease your expenses. If you have a surplus, then you know that you have to be more aggressive by saving more. So which means that at the end, you're actually looking for an ultimate balance, a perfect balance of no deficit or surplus. Remember, your plan should be like any other story writing, planning, tracking, and adjusting. So let's move on to question number three. How to pay off debt? Paying off debt sounds much easier than it is. To pay off debt, first, we have to understand what debt is. Debt is known as credit, which comes from the Latin word trust. Basically, it means that someone trusts someone else to pay them back for the money loan. Like savings for emergency, paying off debt should always be one of the top priorities in mastering the fundamental of budgeting. I recommend the following five key points of paying off debt to put yourself in a position on the way to become debt-free. The five points of paying off debts are 1. Stop accruing new debt. It sounds much easier than practice. For many of us, there's just no way to pay off everything, no matter how hard we try. In a situation like this, you just have to be very careful on how you allocate your funds so you will not be ending up in a position of needing additional credit. The key is to list all your debts in order to know what the importance and pay them accordingly. Once you take care of the big stuff, you'll find yourself more comfortable in resisting utilizing credit to satisfy minor or larger activities. Number two, snowball method. Snowball method is a strategy of paying up debt by focusing on the smallest debt first while paying the minimum on the larger ones. Once you have paid off one, move on to the other one. 
Your whole goal is to go ahead and see your debt being reduced one by one, which gave you the momentum and encourage you to begin to see yourself eliminating your debt in a timely and efficient manner. Number three, understanding the effect of interest rates and minimum payments. Based on Wallop Hub Landscape Report, the current national average interest rate on the credit card is 19.24%. In a simple example, if you actually owe $10,000 credit card with a 19% interest rate with a minimum payment of $200, you will take you eight years and four months just to go ahead and pay off while you pay a total interest of $9,971. That's crazy, right? You actually almost pay double of your balance in just interest. Now imagine with the same scenario, if you just pay additional $100 a month with a total of $300 on a monthly basis versus $200, you can knock it out in the park within four years with just a total interest pay of $5,642, almost half just by a little more contribution on a monthly basis. So now it's really time to reflect. Do you really need that coffee in the morning or that lottery tickets? That could just be part of your monthly payments going forward. Now, the fourth key point is contact your creditors. You'll be surprised but what a simple phone call can do. Most creditors have programs to assist their borrowers in getting themselves back on their feet. Take 30 minutes a day to call two of your credit card company may save you hundreds by reducing your interest rate or even convert into a payback options that stop you from occurring new balances on the existing line. Number five, refinance or consolidate loans. Many reputable banks are offering debt consolidation loans to assist people in cleaning up their high-rated credit cards. Keep in mind, they are not the ones that are currently overflowing your mailbox. Those offers you got in the mails are generally more harmful than helpful. If you like to explore debt consolidation loan, I will advise you to inquire with your current bank. Some banks are offering as low as 5.99% for personal loan or even lower. Many credit card companies also offer 0% balance transfer, which typically has a processing fee between 1% to 5%, but it surely beats 19% a year, right? These are options for you to eliminate your debt much faster by significantly reducing your interest rate. Now, number six, don't use the payoff cards while you're rebuilding. The most significant common mistake after conducting a balance transfer or a debt consolidation loan is to go back using those payoff accounts right afterward. Remember, those accounts are not free money. If you go back on using the payoff cards while you still have a consolidated loan, you are just making your situation far worse. For the past 15 years, as a life coach, I dedicated myself to help others to achieve success in core components of life, which are personal, financial, and career. These components are so firmly tied together that you cannot achieve one without the other two. Throughout my careers in coaching, I've been given a lot of financial budget workshops to a variety of audiences for different age groups or professions. By asking yourself the three simple key questions, you will begin to budget successfully for the future. So let me ask you again, do you want to get out of this vicious cycle and take your control of finance back? If your answer is yes, 
when do you start? I hope all the listeners enjoyed this episode. Now, like promise, I would like to dig into the mailbag and see what are some questions for me this week. The first question is from a listener in Chandler, Arizona. Hi, Kevin. Happy Chinese New Year. I have a question. I have a four-year-old, and we are looking forward to save money for his future. Currently, with tuition keep going up, what are your best suggestions to plan for his education down the line? Thank you for your question, and happy Chinese New Year to you as well, too. I hope you and your family will have a happy and prosperous year ahead. For education, this has been a problem for a lot of Americans. With the tuition keep going up on yearly basis, it's really hard for a new family to catch up. Just imagine what you will be like 18 years from now, right? I would say one of the best way to think about is to explore a five-to-nine plan with your financial advisor. Every state might have different benefits for five-to-nine plans, so it will be always good to really reach out to your financial advisor if you don't have one. In most banks that you are currently banking with, they do have one that will normally give you free consultations. Five to nine plans are generally managed by a professional that aim to grow the balance in a specific time frame, that is years ahead. And you do have the tax benefits. The money that you put in in some states, you can get tax benefit from that. The money in it can grow with tax defer. And if later on you take it out for any educational purposes, it's actually tax-free. And when we talk about educational purposes, it can come down to boarding textbooks or even curriculums or certifications. So those are pretty good. Think about if you're looking to plan ahead. Now, one good thing about five to nine plan is that the plan belongs to the parents, which means that you don't have to be afraid. That this plan might affect the eligibilities for your kids down the line to apply for scholarship, and if he did get a scholarship because a genius, you can actually put this plan and change the beneficiary to any king that's blood related. Which, if you have other siblings for your little ones, this can benefit for them too. The worst case scenario, the money is still yours. If both your kids are getting the full scholarship, you should be very happy. Now let's look into the second questions. Our second question is actually from one of my hometown, Los Angeles, California. So Kevin, in the previous episode, you mentioned that you are a Green Bay Packer fan. Now they are being knocked out. Who do you root for now? Ah,、oh, thank you for asking that questions. I still feel the burn in my heart when I see Green Bay got knocked down. So, as you know, we got knocked out. By 49ers last week during the NFC Champions, and as a bitter person on sports, I generally will not go for 49ers. But you cannot deny that 49ers really take themselves from where they were to who they are now. So as a Californian, I will still go for the 49ers. Nothing against Patrick Mahomes, one of my favorite players, but I really do want to see. The champion, the Super Bowl, will land in California. I believe we deserve it now. Now, the last question is from one of the listeners here in New York. Hi, Kevin. I just recently discovered your publications on Medium. I like how you break down 
different interviews, and also your show notes. But I found a lot of materials in your published stories are not in your podcast. Why is that? Oh, thank you for being a reader and a listener. There's a lot of reasons too, and I will say when I'm composing the show notes, I want to make sure that I break it down in a way that's easier for the listeners to capture. It's really hard to go into details for a lot of terminology when you are only listening to the podcast, either on the way to work or you need to keep your eye on the road, or when you are trying to get that information down. When you are talking about the pop stories, the readers will be able to read it at their own pace. That's when I can actually put down references, reports, diagrams. So it does give you more materials. That's why in every episode, I always urge my listeners: if you want to know more, please click on the link listed in the detail of this episode to assess my Medium publication. So this is the wrap for our mailbag session. If you want to send your questions, please DM me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or just simply email me. And I will make sure that I will answer as much as I can. I will see you all next Wednesday at Life Plus Up. As we're wrapping up this episode. I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description you'll be able to find the overview of our contents, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup@gmail.com. Or find me on Instagram, or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform, and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember. Success without fun never lasts, and fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.